Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. Tomorrow we will return to season six of Jury Duty, the trial of Michael Barrison. But today we have another bonus episode of season seven of Jury Duty, the trials of Harvey Weinstein and Danny Masterson. On Friday, December 20th, Judge Lisa Lynch presided over the post-verdict penalty phase of the Harvey Weinstein trial, during which the jury would assess whether Weinstein should face sentencing enhancements because his victim was particularly vulnerable or because the offense indicates planning, sophistication, and professionalism. In this phase, the attorneys present their arguments to the jury, and then the panel deliberates whether either or both of these enhancements apply. Since all of the counts on which Weinstein was found guilty relate to Jane Doe No. 1, the Italian talk show host and model who the jury found was assaulted by Weinstein at a Beverly Hills hotel, the attorney's arguments all relate to that victim and Weinstein's acts towards her. We will begin our presentation of the attorney's arguments right after the break. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Deputy District Attorney Paul Thompson argues for the people of California. He tells the jury that they must first decide whether Jane Doe No. 1 suffered either a loss or an injury or a harm. Thompson presents as evidence of the victim's suffering, quote, the obvious pain that she was in when she testified and when she relived the defendant's assault on her, end quote. The prosecutor mentions the victim's testimony that she sat in the shower for hours and cried and the guilt and the fear and the shame that she felt. Thompson tells the jurors that in assessing whether the victim was particularly vulnerable, they can consider the characteristics of Jane Doe herself. He continues, quote, remember the circumstances she was in. She was from a different country that was far away. She was part of a different culture. English was her third language. And in 2013, it wasn't that strong, end quote. Being in a foreign country, he added, struggling with the language makes people vulnerable. Thompson also tells the panel that they can consider the setting. She had undressed. She had gotten into her robe. She had taken off her makeup. She had let her guard down. He continues, the hotel was the closest thing she had to home here. That's a place where you can let your guard down. That makes you particularly vulnerable. On this issue, Paul Thompson makes one final point. The only thing you have to agree on is that Jane Doe 1 was particularly vulnerable beyond a reasonable doubt. You don't have to agree on what made her particularly vulnerable. The prosecutor then moves on to the other enhancement allegation that the defendant carried out crimes with planning, sophistication, or professionalism. He tells the jury that they only need to demonstrate one of those criteria and that the people will argue that Weinstein planned his criminal acts. Thompson explains that in assessing this, the jury can look at similar acts. He cites the testimony of some of the prior acts witnesses and adds, quote, you can see that this was his plan, that this was something he did repeatedly. Common sense tells you that if he pounds on her door in the middle of the night, he isn't going to talk about her kids or life in Italy. He had planned what he was going to do, end quote. 
Thompson tells the jury that they don't have to agree on what it is that constitutes planning. They only have to agree that he planned it out. The prosecutor concludes by praising the jury. Quote, you deliberated for two and a half weeks and demonstrated that you were really intent on doing your jobs. We appreciate your time and we appreciate your service. End quote. Mark Worksman argues for the defense. He begins where Thompson left off by thanking the jury for their hard work and their diligence. He says that while he, his co-counsel, and the defendant are disappointed with the verdict, they have tremendous respect for the jury system, and this jury particularly, and praises their timeliness, their diligence, their presence, their hard work, and their commitment. He then moves on to the jury's final duties and the first of the two issues that they must consider. Worksman frames the issue as follows. Was Jane Doe, number one, a, quote, particularly vulnerable victim, end quote? The essential element is clear, he says. Not was she vulnerable, but was she particularly vulnerable? Was she defenseless, unguarded, vulnerable to a special or an unusual degree? He argues that those kinds of vulnerabilities would include health or disability issues, extreme youth or old age, and concludes that Jane Doe number one is not a particularly vulnerable victim. She is a victim that fits within the standard universe of the rape law. Worksman then moves on to the enhancement for planning, sophistication, or professionalism, and asserts that, quote, there was no planning, no timeline, no communication by Weinstein before or afterwards, end quote. Worksman concludes saying, what you have here is what it is. It is what you convicted him of and nothing more, and asks the jury to find that the aggravating factors do not apply. With that, Judge Lynch's gives further instructions to the jury and sends the panel to deliberate. After a few hours of deliberations, the jury sends Judge Lynch's a message saying that they are hung on the aggravating factors and that they do not believe that further deliberations would be productive. The judge declares a mistrial with respect to the special circumstances, and before she releases the jury, she expresses her appreciation as follows. Quote, it has been quite a long road. You have weathered it remarkably. And I really want to thank you from everywhere I can in my being for your incredible civic duty, your time, your effort, your patience, and everything that went into your being on this case, end quote. After some discussion with the lawyers about the victim impact statements, Judge Lynch's sets a hearing date for January 9th, at which time Weinstein's sentencing hearing will be scheduled. And with that, we conclude this bonus episode of Jury Duty, The Trials of Weinstein and Masterson. Remember to join us on our next episode as we resume our coverage of the trial of Michael Barrison. Also, if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You can find more information about these trials on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced and edited by Chris Taracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back 
for our next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Michael Barrison.